Hey, welcome back to my podcast. This is Robin. Welcome back to Broken, Strength Under Control. This is my new podcast. I'm your host, Robin. For the day, I thank you for just tuning in. I thank you for just sharing the podcast with your friends and family members. I I pray that you are getting something out of this. It has been so interesting. And today has even been one of those days where you just wanted to just a do-over, but I'm still thankful. I'm still grateful. So the platforms that you can find broken, strength under control on is Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Radio Public. The platforms are just growing. The feedback has been awesomely amazing. And so today I have a special treat. I have invited someone to come on. And so our topic for today will be about grief, not loss, but grief. It's two totally different things here. And let me put the disclaimer out there. This is not to devalue someone who has went through a loss, but the person that I am going to introduce, she's coming from a different angle. She's also going to speak to those who may have been or may be a support system for someone that's dealing with something like this. And so what I found about grief was is that it's a deep sorrow, especially one that is caused by someone's death. So grief is a response to a loss. And it can be an emotional response also. It has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical. Philosophical. My words is being tripped up today. Philosophical dimensions to it also. So I'm not even going to go into this any further. I'm going to introduce my guest. She is truly a phenomenal woman of faith. She is my friend. She's like a sister. She has allowed me to just tap into her life and I'm just so grateful for her. And so I ask that you just not open, not only open your hearts to her, but you also open your ears to receive what she has. It's going to be a good dialogue today. And I'm just so thankful that she decided to take a step out on faith and share with me. So let me just introduce her. Her name is Linda. Linda, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. I want to say thank you for trusting me with this. I want to say thank you for just being faithful and just stepping out on faith and not being afraid to share your story. So Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for, again, just taking the time out to just share your story. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for having me. It is an honor um, to come join you. And I hope that your listeners get something um, out of this uh, dialogue that we're about to have. So thank you so much. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. So, you know, before we actually get going into this really good, why don't you just kind of tell them a little bit about what you've been through so that they have an idea of what angle we're coming from today? Right. Um, so on May 28th of 2019, um, my husband walked out to out the door Um And I never imagined that he wouldn't be walking back in the door. 
um, my mother-in-law uh, got a text message actually that something had happened to him. And I'll never forget the sound of her voice. It was, I knew something had happened, but at the time I thought that something happened to one of the little kids. And so immediately I got excited and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, you know, someone texted me and said that, you know, something has happened. And so long story short, I'll never forget like that day, um, my two oldest boys were at work. So in the midst of everything, not knowing what really was going on, lifts to get to both of their jobs. They both worked at different places. And um, we had to wait for one of them to get home because me and my mother-in-law was going to be headed to the hospital because that's where we were told that my husband was. Really didn't know all the full details at the time. We were told that he had got shot in the neck. And I remember immediately before I even did any lifts or anything, I just prayed. I'm like, he's going to be okay. Um, you know, I'm praying and asking God to make sure that he's okay and believing it. And I just felt a sense of peace. I'll never forget like um, kneeling down on the floor and praying. And if it, it sounded like I heard my husband laughing. And to me, I was like, okay, you know, he's going to be fine. And um, we got to the hospital finally. And I just remember walking down like this long hall. And I was just like, it just, even though I had hope, it was something. I don't know. I, I guess the Holy Spirit kind of preparing me. And I remember um, going to like, I guess, you know, the room that they keep the family members in and they were asking for the wife. And my brother-in-law was like, she's here. And she said, well, let me get the chaplain. And at that time, I still didn't know what was going on. I never really knew what a chaplain was for. So I'm still thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, be able to lay in the bed with him and, you know, I'm going to stay the night with him. And, you know, these are all my thoughts. And when the surgeon came in and the chaplain and they were like, they were sorry, I, you know, he's gone. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that that's what I was being told at the time. So um, immediately after leaving the hospital, we went down to the detective's office and, you know, they were asking questions. Actually, we went to the murder scene and I'm still in disbelief. Even in the office, I'm in the detective's office. I'm still in disbelief that I'm being told that my husband is dead because when I saw him probably six hours ago, our last words were him telling me that I looked good from coming in from work and that he loved me. So I never expected that that would be um, the outcome. Wow. And so even with that, you know, not expecting to hear um, that your husband was not coming back home, you know, again, can you kind of just share what your emotions were at that time um, when you did get the call and you got to the hospital? I know you said that it sounded like you heard him laughing. So you just felt like, okay, he's going to be okay. I'm going to go to the hospital. But what were your emotions like? My emotions were, you have to stay calm. Like God gave me the peace and everybody around me was kind of like, you know, my brother-in-law that came and picked us up, you know, he was upset. You know, my mother-in-law was pretty much quiet. And in my mind, I'm saying, 
like, God help me, you know, keep me at peace because I knew that if I didn't have that peace, my anxiety would kick in and there was a possibility that I would have gone into some type of, you know, event um, physically. Right. And I just didn't want that. I couldn't have that happen. I knew that my kids needed me regardless of whether, because again, at the time, I didn't know that my husband was no longer here right so either way I'm like I need to be okay because I don't know what I'm walking into but it was definitely um it was like I was in a trance it was just different emotions but the most the biggest thing for me was keeping my peace okay so now that kind of leads me into like this area um I found that there are seven stages of grief so it kind of sounds like the first stage, which is shock and denial, stages one and two, it kind of sounds like that's where you were when you initially had that conversation with the chaplain and the detective. So can you kind of speak to that part of it? Yes. Uh, well, to be honest, I'm still in shock. Wow. It's, it's, it's over a year and a half and I'm still blown away that um it happened and you know we all know that we all have to go I just wasn't it it was just totally unexpected so for me I'm still um shocked I don't know that I'm so much in denial anymore I do believe that he's not here I mean it's evident um but at that time especially if I feel like this a year and a half after you can imagine Um, When I'm down in the detective's office, especially um, being in that environment, just being in total disbelief. Okay. So now I think that it's good that you're not in denial anymore. And it's interesting even to find out that you are still yet in shock. So emotionally, where would you say you are at this point? since you are still kind of in shock about him not being here? Um, I like to call it God support. You know how like when um, somebody's in ICU and they are on the machines, mm-hmm. they have them, you know, the, the machines are supporting them to breathe. That's what I feel about my life at this moment. Like, I can't take my eyes off of him because it's still so fresh and so, so new. Mm -hmm. I lost my husband that day, but also I lost the plans that we have. So I'm still not only grieving my husband, I'm also grieving all the dreams that we had. And we talked about, Um, I'm grieving still the plans that we had talking about the children growing up. So it was almost like two deaths. It was my husband. And then it was grieving my future with him. Wow. So now there was several other um, stages and the next two spoke about anger and bargaining. Mm -hmm. So how could you speak to those two? Oh, I did a lot of both. Um, Anger. Well, in the beginning of it all, um, it was just so many things going on. I was like hanging on to God, like, like support, like that's all that I could focus on at the time. So after everything had like settled and we had buried him and, um, you know, 
that part was over, I remember sitting at the table mm -hmm. and in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm walking away from you. This is what I was saying in my mind to God. And immediately when I said it was immediately when I had to rebuke it because everything that I had been through in my life and, and how God has moved in my life, immediately when I said that, I had to take it back. Because I was like, there's no way that I could walk away as much as I wanted to. That other side of me, my flesh, I wanted to be done with God, but I couldn't. Right. So that's where the anger from that happening, um, from, you know, the people that, you know, kill my husband, being angry with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't feel like I'm at that stage anymore anger wise because I had to um, ask God to help me forgive those people and I still have to ask I don't know that I'll ever have to stop asking I think it'll be a constant thing when I think about or when I look in my kids eyes every single day and think about my husband so um, I had to start the forgiveness process quicker than I probably would have liked to mm -hmm. because I didn't want any residue or anything to to bring about from that because there was so many other things that I had to focus on and, and try to heal from. Yeah. I, you know what? And that makes a lot of sense that, and I thought it was um, just interesting how you said that in your mind, you was like, I'm walking away from you, but then you had to quickly rebuke it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get a little caught up in why did you allow this to happen? Yes. And how am I going to get through this? How am I going to process this? Um, mm -hmm. And we don't never know the reasoning behind why God allows anything to happen. You know, especially right. when it's someone that is that close to us. Someone that we mm -hmm. love. Someone that, you know, you took a vow with before. Your friends, him, the Lord. And it's like, okay, really? You know, and so for you to say that not only did you bury your husband, but you bury your future as well. And so I just, I don't even know that I've ever heard anyone else even speak to it in that angle. And so that's definitely different, but it's good to know that you did not walk away from the Lord that you took a stand, you faced the adversity, the thing that was right there in front of you that was very difficult because you do have kids. And at the end of the day, you still was going to have to still be the best possible person, even for no one other than if it was just for them, you still was going to have to be the best possible person along the way. So now can you explain or express did you experience any form of like depression because that's another stage in this well, well that's a great question before I answer that though I want to add to what you were just saying I still don't know why what happened happened mm -hmm. um, I do know that that moment that I had at the table and my thoughts with God mm -hmm. and after I knew that I couldn't walk away. That's what showed me where my heart truly was with God. Because I had questioned that many a times. Like, I say I love God, but do I really love God? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it showed me 
that I do. And I also had to remember, and I still have to remember at the end of the day, as much as I love, I still love my husband. I'm still in love with my husband. I still believe that I'm married. That's the, I don't, I don't know when that's going to change, but mm-hmm. I'm still very loyal to my husband and he's not even here. Um, but as far as the depression goes, I still have my moments. Um, there's a lot of different things that I have had to do and I still have to work on um, every day of my life because like I said, I'm on God's support. The moment that I release that support, I just feel like I'm gonna go under and I can't afford to do that because of my assignment on earth. I can't afford to do that because my children and my husband legacy still runs within me, you know? So I, yeah, I'm still, I I still go through depression. And so what are some things that you've had to do when you feel like you're going into that or having that, that moment at that particular time when you begin to reflect and think on um, your husband, what are some things that you've had to do to kind of help you get through um, to keep you from really like staying in it? I can't lay in the bed anymore. Like, you know how, like when you first wake up in the morning, you may just want to lay there Mm -hmm. for a little while. I don't do that anymore. Like immediately I thank God and I hop up and I start my day. So it's certain things that I just, I have to be very careful of. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. Um, Another thing for me is definitely my devotionals, my sitting quiet with God. Um, you know, when I have my conversations with you and other people that are in my life, um, just trying to to keep a positive mindset. I'm rarely on social media anymore. I'm very careful of the people that I let in my life because I feel like my emotions are on thin ice. Right. And if I do the wrong thing, the ice is going to crack and I'm going to go under. Like, I know it. So it's very important that everything that I digest is of some type of substance that's going to help my foundation stay strong. And God is like the, he, he's the, the main reason why I'm able to talk to you today and be in my right mind. Well, you know, I'm so grateful for that. Um, you know, I never thought that, um, this would be a conversation, um, that we would be having, basically. And I wasn't even for sure how you would even respond to me asking you to do this with me. But I'm just thankful that you are not operating in a place of fear um, and that you're not allowing the enemy to steal your voice with this. Um, And, you know, the biggest thing for me was, was that whatever time you need it, however long it takes you, you take it. You do what you need to do to protect your peace, protect your heart, protect your thoughts. Um, And I'm just grateful that you have found some things that kind of helps you get through your days because I can't even imagine. I don't know what it feels like. I can't even speak to it. You know, and so, and I wouldn't even try to. I just pray that I never have to endure something like that, that would cause me, you know, 
to suffer in that capacity. You know what I'm saying? And so, right. and I think that a lot of times when you're not familiar with something, the only thing that you can do is just keep silent. You know, right. Um, right. because when you can't speak to it, uh, yeah, unless the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit give me an unction to give you something, hey, I'm just quiet and listening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just right, quiet and listening. Right. You know, because sometimes it's good. That's why we got two ears. <laughs> we got two mm-hmm. ears for a reason. Exactly. And one mouth for a reason. Right. right. Um, but you, you know what's funny, Robin, though? Even though I'm still dealing with and going through this grief process, I just had a family member that has gone through you know, suffering with the past of my aunt, which is her mother. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm still walking in grief, I still um, go to her with caution. Because at the end of the day, just because I'm going through my grief process doesn't mean that what I need is what she needs. Exactly. So I'm very cautious, but I check on her every day because that's what I would have wanted. I would have wanted somebody to text me Hey, I'm thinking about you. Like I'll text her. I'll send prayer hands. If it's just prayer hands to let her know, like I'm here or scripture or thinking about you or heart something. And I did ask her, I said, Hey, listen, am I doing too much? Mm -hmm. I think what people need to understand when you are, you know, wanting to support the person that's grieving is very important that if you really want to be there, ask them, how can I support you? And guess what? They may not even know at the time. If 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 you're really gonna be there for them, you may have to check in again. Hey, how you know? Can I do something different? What I what I've been doing is it working? Because this is one of the worst pains that anybody can endure. Mm-hmm. Anything that I've been through beyond this is a cakewalk. I would do it over and over again. My worst day prior to my husband passing. I would do it just like it was, um, what's that movie that they continue to repeat the same day after day, Groundhog's Day. Mm. I would prefer that than to go through my heartbreak, a piece of my heart missing, you know? Wow. So even with that, like, it's, it's very important to me. And that's why I thank you for having me on. And, you know, this is awesome for me because I, I want to help people that are the support to the griever. And that's good. I mean, again, because, you know, you do need to have some form of support. You know, God made us for each other. And in different mm-hmm. seasons, depending on what season you in, mm-hmm. determines who you're going to allow around you. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, hey, it just might not be our season. You right. know what I'm saying? But I can't, I'm not going to get mad because it's not our season. You know, mm-hmm. because... Everybody is not meant to walk in every season with you. And so mm-hmm. even there could be a time where you really could use someone to be there to support you. But God may have you walking alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's a particular reason why he has you walking alone. As much as you would love to have somebody send you a text message or call and say, hey, you need anything? You good? Is it, you know, is it something I can do for you? That might not be the timing, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, and I can appreciate this because I think the thing that I've learned most about you is, is, you know, we talk about this all the time and we've even laughed about it. 
you know, depending on where you are at at that particular moment might Mm -hmm. be a determining factor on how you converse with me because you Mm -hmm. know that, you know, my emotions sometimes be all over the place, child. (laughs) And so, you know, I could be fit to be tied with, but you've even said mentally, if you are not there, you're not going to have no conversation with me because you cannot process it and handle it emotionally because of what you might be, the way you might be feeling at that particular moment. And I can appreciate that. Matter of fact, I respect that because most people just want to say what they want to say and they don't even really think too much about how the other person may feel or how they may react. And so you've taught me a lot through this and I'm still learning stuff. So now another stage in grief is reconstruction, like working through it. So, you know, you spoke about how you get up, you don't just lay in the bed anymore, how your devotions have been an outlet for you. Um, You feel like you have to stay connected to God because that's your support system right now, which is the best support system to have. Right. Be truthful right. with you because he's the only mm-hmm. one that can fix right. what you feel at that particular moment. It's nothing that I can really do mm-hmm. for you. I can hug you. I could be an ear for you. I could tell you a thousand and one times that I love you and I'm I'm here for you if you need me, but that's not going to feel that. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that you have been doing as a coping mechanism to help you work through your grief? Well, there's many other things too. What I want to say before I forget on the support aspect for the person that is supporting the griever. Mm -hmm. um, Well, really the griever is to understand because I got angry with people that I felt like should have been there. Right. And when I look back at it, I shouldn't have. Because at the end of the day, like you said, God is the only one that can get me through this process. And he's the only one that allows, he knows exactly who you need. So for the griever, even when you feel like that specific person should be there, if they're supposed to be there, they'll be there. Exactly. If God has another, you know, intention in mind, then just take it for what it is. Maybe he just wants the time with you. I've had to walk alone through this process a lot with God. And I'm grateful and appreciative for that because I, he's preparing me for something else in life as well. You know, he used my husband in many ways and he's still using him um, in, in my life right now. And I just want the, the griever to, to know that part. But as far as um, the other things that I'm doing, I, I am in an e-group with my church at Elevation. Okay. Um, and it's called the Comeback Group. And they have been amazing. Um, in my life, we meet every Thursday now through Zoom with everything going on. Um, I have a therapist that I've been seeing for a year and a half now. Um, I just started taking depression medication, which I was against for the longest, but with so many things being added to my, like going through grief and then with the pandemic and having to now be a teacher mm-hmm. to my uh, kindergartner and just everything. I think the last resort for me was getting the call that my aunt passed and that 
both of her children had heart attacks. All three of them had heart attacks. But two of them lived, their mother died. And for me, that was the sign because I was praying, God, you know, should I take this medication? Mm -hmm. I had all kinds of thoughts about the medication. If I take it, does that mean that I don't have a strong relationship with God? I went through so many different like thoughts about it. And I feel like that was the sign for me because what people don't realize is depression is linked to inflammation. And that's where you can experience heart attacks, depression, I mean, excuse me, heart attack, stroke, premature mortality. And it is a thing called the widowhood effect. And after you lose a spouse, particularly, a lot of times in older couples, but in in younger couples too, you can experience a heart attack, you know, after the, the, the situation. So for me, it was like, this is a strategy. I feel like God was giving me um, a sign to do it because it was just like, do I take the medication or do I risk possibly causing damage, more damage than may, you know, what I may have already caused and trying to do this, you know, without the help of the meds, if that makes sense. It does. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point because I did find some information about how it can affect your health. And that was one of the things that it said, because what happens is, is it impacts your immune system, which leaves you depleted and vulnerable to infection. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. And that's just from the heartbreak of grief. Right. And so you never even really think about how that could truly impact not just your everyday surroundings, but your health overall. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have to commend you on doing what you did and for as long as you could to avoid not having to take the meds, but they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that that is the end all be all. You see what I'm saying? That right. is just a tool that you use as a resource from point a to point b and once you get to a place where you have that you're much stronger emotionally physically mentally then you can begin to come off of that you see what i'm saying because now you have some you have different levels and different aspects that where you're strong enough to endure whatever challenges that you might face right and right. honestly, I remember you talking to me about, about it. And I shared with you that I took it. Mm-hmm. Mine was for a different reason. But at the same time, you know, we could say mind over matter. That's life. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down right. to whatever you set your mind to do, you can do it. Right? Because your body takes instructions from your mind right Right. from your brain Mm -hmm. so your brain tells your body what to do basically Mm -hmm. and so I have to admire you for just taking control because that's something that you can control right you know um and so um anybody that makes you feel like you shouldn't be doing it or try to speak down against it, you know, let me know because we might have to suit up over here. 
Um, you know, because I keep a spiritual machete sharp, sharp all the time, child. That sword be sharp, I know. okay? But you let me know if we got to suit up. And I'll get Angel and, you know, we're going to go handle that, okay? Because at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel and believe in your heart is best for you to help you get through this. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so right. it's not okay for me to come along or anybody else to come along for that matter and say, well, girl, you don't really need no medicine. I thought you had faith in the Lord. Well, you do have faith in the Lord. He gave us doctors and meds for a reason. Exactly. You can't be right. afraid to use it. And so, you know, especially in our community, the African-American community, yes. you know, it's frowned yes. upon when you talk about counseling, mm -hmm. when you talk about depression, when you talk about all these different things. But every time you turn around, when something is happening to black people, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to do this. They right. don't want to do that. But you want to be out here protesting, you know, and sometimes it's just very simplistic as you needing some healing and some deliverance in some areas yes. and not be afraid to go yes. to the sources that right. are here for you i agree robin i agree because people then that's the thing too trauma people are traumatized every yes. day i'm still in trauma over the situation the people that murdered my husband are still out here wow you know so at the end of the day it's still anytime i hear somebody scream i go back to you know hearing my mother-in-law so it's so many triggers and it's so many things but especially in the black community when we watch something on tv when we see somebody being murdered on tv right. that is traumatic right so if you've seen it i've seen it it's something else that goes on it's like another trauma layer so that's why it's so important i really want your viewers to understand please don't feel like it's weak to talk to somebody don't feel like it's weak if you've done everything you could do and you still feel down, you still feel depressed, you still feel stressed in me, I operate well off of stress and depression. So I don't even know when I am until something goes wrong down the wow. line. That's why, and, and that's for that's for a lot of us, especially black women. Right. We operate so well, we function, or so it appears that we function right. well, but we're not. And we really need, it's okay to get help, whatever that help may be. God has been my ultimate help, but he also uses different strategies. And my strategies have been that he's allowed me to use medication and a therapy. And that's, that's exactly. And I'm glad that you prayed about it mm -hmm. and you exhausted all your efforts before you resulted to that. You see what I'm saying? You didn't just discredit it or discount it because I remember us having a conversation and I'm saying, well, you know, don't count it out, but it's there if you need it. And if you need it right. and you feel like you need to utilize it at that point, then you utilize it at that point, which mm -hmm. can you kind of speak to, um, because we talked about how it affects your health, but the effects that it has on your brain, what I found out was, was that there's a disruption in your hormones that results in disturbed sleep, loss of appetite, fatigue. And then you even brought this word up, anxiety. Have you experienced any of those 
or are you experiencing those now? Most definitely. So I've always been an anxiety. <laughs> I've always had anxiety, okay. uh, but it's heightened um, through this situation. Um, tiredness, for sure. I've never felt um, the burst of tiredness that I feel. It's not been as bad as it, it you know, has been in the months previous, mm-hmm. but I can remember saying to my sister, like, I wonder if something is something else is going on with me because it just felt like I had no energy to do anything, almost like I had a, 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 a terminal illness or something because I had never felt that exhausted. Wow. So yes, those probably two are the major things. I, my appetite, please, no. I eat. <laughs> well, you know, um, I know for me, and I don't have to be in no grief or loss or anything like that. I know that when things are not right in my life and there's such an imbalance, food is usually the last thing I think about. That's not the same for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right. I can get, listen, I'm, I'll be tired too, child. And, I, you know, I don't even have half the things, <laughs> you know, going on that most have. Um, and so it's good that you saw and you recognized and you became aware that there were some things that wasn't quite right. That, that right. kind of signaled, okay, you know what? Let me just figure this one out right here because this is not the norm for me. Well, who would have ever mm-hmm. thought that that would be tied into what you've been dealing with for the last almost two years now? Right. You know, yeah. um, almost two years, almost. you know, and I have to honestly tell you that I commend you even on that. You know, um, you have come such a long way through this process and even though you're still dealing with it and you're still going through it I can appreciate I admire the fact of your courage and your strength to just keep getting up keep pressing towards you know there have been moments when you know things just wasn't quite right and that I would get a text from you or you would call me just to say hey even in spite of the fact that you're dealing with a whole lot more than I'm dealing with but you still thought about me. And so I think that for a supporter of someone who has been through something so so traumatic as like what you've been through, um, they need to remember that if the griever takes time out to see how they're doing with everything that they got going on, it's okay for us to exercise the same level of patience, the same level of understanding, the same level of compassion and everything else towards the person who has experienced this trauma, you know? Right. Um, and I think we forget that no matter if it's two days, three months, the point of it is, is that it doesn't cost you anything to exercise some compassion and some understanding towards someone, especially if you say that you care about them. And it's not okay to say, well, girl, you, you still there? 
I thought you'd right. been done moved on from that. You ain't trying to date nobody. You ain't trying to move on with your <laughs> life. No, child. That ain't where I'm at right now. You know, and it's not okay. That's very insensitive. And it's borderline disrespectful to me. Yes, it is. And I, and and honestly, now listen, I love the Lord. Love the Lord. But I still need some fixing. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, with me and so if I did have anybody around me like that they would be around me no more and I would just have to deal with that if 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 <laughs> if, if see I that's what I love about you child we just alike I'm gonna cut you <laughs> off at the root <laughs> look I ain't gonna give you too many opportunities no ma'am you cut off right <laughs> matter of fact I done blocked you I done I, I done did all kind of stuff not only have I blocked you but I've deleted you and everything else and see by the time you realize it and you wonder why I'm not responding that's why right you know right. so it brings me to the last stage of grief um that I found was it talked about acceptance and the word that was tied with acceptance was hope so how do you feel about that? Um, about hope? I'm sorry. I want yes. to make sure I heard you right. Um, I definitely have had my moments where I was so hopeless, but God was so faithful. He still stayed with me. It, whether it was through him speaking directly to me or speaking uh, through somebody else to me. And um. I think for me, having my children and making sure that I provide a, an experience for them, because it's very important um, that I am mindful of what I do because they can sense mm -hmm. a lot. And my six-year-old is very aware um, that his dad is not around anymore. And he has a lot of his moments where He'll bust out crying or he'll say, you know, mommy, I want daddy back. Mm. And in those moments, you know, and I've had moments where I've cried mm -hmm. with him because I wanted him to see like, listen, I'm upset too. My heart breaks too. I miss daddy too. Um, but I think that through me trying to not allow the death of my husband to create an experience for my children that could be negative mm -hmm. that I could use um you know continuing to uh keep my husband's legacy going um continue to talk about their dad every day and um you know pray and just know that God still has me here because there's something that I must do I still have an assignment on my life if I didn't I wouldn't be here and so for me I think that's where my hope comes from. It's like, I have moments where, you know, things go wrong in my life and my hope goes down, but God always finds a way. And I allow mm -hmm. God because we have to be allowing as well. He's not going to just like wave a magic wand and all of a sudden now everything is all right. We have to do our exactly. part too. So I'm at a place now where, um, you know, this has happened and um, I miss my husband. I lost, you know, I lost him. He was my children's father. He was my friend, my lover, my protector, my supporter, my other half, my confidant, the love of my life. But he's still That's with great. me. 
And it's still something that I have to do. It was almost like he passed the pathon to me and now I have to keep going. So for, for God, for my husband and for my children, that's what keeps me going. And that's why I just can't give up. Um, and I have to keep hope alive and for other people too. Exactly. Because me going through this, I'm not going through it just for me. I'm going through it to help somebody else or many others. I'm not sure yet. So with all of that being said, that's where the hope I believe. Well, you know, and I like that, but there was one thing that you said when you talked about your son, um, having his moments, I appreciate Mm -hmm. you letting him see that it's okay to express that because what I feel like is a lot of the problem with most of our men today is that they have not been allowed to be vulnerable. They haven't been allowed to express that type of emotion without being looked at as being weak or, you know, not a man, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case might be. So you're teaching him early on that it's okay to express those emotions. And that's a positive. That's an awesome thing. Why? Because that makes him a better mate, a better father. Mm -hmm. You know, if he decides to have children, a better Mm -hmm. son, you know, a better uncle, whatever it is. It makes right. him better in the long run because he's been allowed to express those emotions. And so yes. I'm just grateful. You know, this has been an awesome conversation with you. Yes. And yes. who would have ever thought that we would have really, I mean, the time have flew. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. This was um, awesome. This was you know, awesome. I just want to say thank you again for being vulnerable. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you for opening up your heart and thank you for just speaking your truth. Thank you for just being a good friend. Thank you for those two ears that you have because you've been there for me a many a days. And I just pray that I have been just as good of a friend to you as you have been to me because, and I don't even really like to term you as a friend. I, I look at you like family. You like another sister right. to me. Matter of fact, that's how right. we met each other was through our sisters. Right. You know, <laughs> um, but you're like another sister to me. And so I just pray that I've been just as good of a support or ear as you have been for me during this time and that I will continue to be that for you. And you already know. Yes. You let me know. When we get off this call about that other stuff, we we get that handled. Me and Angel, we get that handled for you. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just want to yes. say again, thank you for just taking the time out today to just kind of share with everyone that's been listening. And so I guess if I was going to leave the viewers, the callers, whatever you want to call them, with something, the thing that I would leave them with today is, is that someone said that Time heals all wounds, and I disagree. God heals all wounds. So I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. We hope that you got something out of this, that you were enriched and enlightened. And we just want to just tell you again, thank you, and enjoy the rest of your day.